Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. That book is going to be out in January 2019, but I didn't want to wait until that time to start talking to superheroes of love. And guess what? Here's the news. You are a superhero of love. And through talking to other superheroes like yourself, tapping into that little superhero inside of you, I'm hoping that you and I and all of us start feeling more and more like superheroes of love, meaning that we love and are loved more than ever before. So welcome. Let's get this party started. Okay, superheroes, guess where we are? Oh my God, where are we? <laughs> we are at Jen Pasteloff's house, and I am so excited to be here because Jen is one of the most generous, gracious, loving superheroes of love that I know, and I'm not kidding. And luckily, I have three friends and I'm sure I have more than that, but three friends who wanted me to meet you. And I finally met you or found, I met you actually on the day of the Love Forward Talks in, in November. And let's just stop and say, everybody go to YouTube. I put, I'll put the link in the program notes, but you need to see her talk that she gave at Love Forward Talks. But we were so blessed to have you at Love Forward Talks. You were the pièce de résistance. I mean, all of Love Forward Talks was great, but you were, it was like you were such a huge blessing to Love Forward Talks. And you could have heard a pin drop in that room, and you moved us all so very much. And everybody has to see the video and also watch it to the very, very end, because the magic is at that very magical end. So, Jen Pasteloff, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to your own home, Jen. Welcome to your own home. And I, I'm so posting that picture. You should. We, we, a picture I, of my, my toddler son, um, little tiny circle, cheap pizza, frozen pizza, and he ate the sh only the center out of it. And it, um, it's the cutest toddler debris. There's a little truck on the side. His <laughs> two little... Paw Patrol, three Paw Patrol cups, <laughs> little iPad propped up like his own personal movie theater. <laughs> so. Jen has a book coming out um, June 4th, the same day that Elizabeth Gilbert's book, City of Girls, drops. I think that's a really a good luck sign. I, I think it's an absolutely excellent good luck sign. And we were just noting that Elizabeth Gilbert is going to be on Super Soul Sunday. And I was telling Jen, mark my words, you will be on Super Soul Sunday one day. There's, I have no doubt in my mind that you will be on Super Soul, whole sun, Soul Sunday. When, yeah. yeah. So her book is called On Being Human. And a memoir of waking up, living real, and listening hard. And I read, I would have read it all in one sitting. This is one of those books, you guys, that you can read in one, one sitting. I would have read it in one sitting had I not had to get up really early in the morning for a meeting. <laughs> but I wanted to read it all in one sitting, and I'm sure everybody is going to. It's, it's like a book that's going to touch every single heart. And the reason that I wanted to have Jen on this podcast, and I asked her a long time ago to be on the podcast, is that she is a true superhero of love, meaning that you more than actually anybody in my immediate orbit take care of people's hearts. Like it's like it's what you do on a daily basis with everybody. And so I just want to acknowledge you as a major superhero of love who is you are in the business. You are in the business. Your business is taking care of people's hearts, but you do it so beautifully and so elegantly. And um her book is a testimonial to that very work. So thank you for doing all thank that you, you do. So I want to just read this very opening this little line and I then I just want to let you talk about this how remarkable that my heart could be out in the world helping me to listen when my ears failed me and also be safely nestled inside my body and that is fact in fact is how this story begins let's talk about um about that heart and how your failing hearing brought you even closer to that heart yeah as I'm sh struggling right now to read your lips um I, th I think th there's many ways um one of them is I 
develop such a strong sense of compassion because I understand that things aren't always as they appear. You know, I appear as a typical hearing person and so people get frustrated with me really easily or judge I'm just, you know, an asshole or not listening or whatever it is. And so one of the things is I developed this really strong sense of compassion. You never know. You just never know what's going on with someone. And also it on a on a logistical level, because I have I lip read, I have to get in really close. And there's something about that, about getting in closer, whether it's literally or metaphorically, that kind of it's really grounding, you know? Right. It's really grounding. Um like you're fully engaged and I say that you are every exchange you're fully engaged you're almost you're also I swear to god you're engaged when you're texting even I don't know there's something about the way you engage and you latch on to you know to thank you you're in I think yeah Um, (laughs) well and yeah and I work really really hard to hear you know so it's it's just it's made me develop other skills you know and hone in on um other facets of myself you also spent I love I love the stories interwoven in the book of your time as a waitress at the newsroom which (laughs) I remember um and you talk about how being a waitress when you can't hear that's like a situation and but you you fully engaged and embraced people and forgot their ketchup I love that you forgot (laughs) your ketchup (laughs) well you know my hearing loss was not as bad then um, nor was the tinnitus. Everything's just gotten worse over time, which sucks. <laughs> but yeah, and I also worked really hard back then. I you know I got him really close. I squatted down. I was always like in your face, and I just paid fierce attention to mouth to lips to see what was happening. But it that I I do believe that's where I learned how to lip read was all those years waiting tables. I would have no way to survive and get a paycheck if I hadn't. Yeah. It just occurred to me because one of the first, when I first discovered you on social media, the first thing that I latched onto, I guess this latch word is going to be one for the day. Um, (laughs) That's the word of the day is don't be an asshole. And you must have run into so many assholes (laughs) as a waitress. And sometimes I am. I mean, like, especially when I'm tired today. What I just did something. I was walking home with my son and I was really irritated at someone. it was like in my way, you know, that I perceived to be in my way. And I thought I'm such an asshole. Oh, yeah. Oh, completely. At the newsroom? Yeah. It was in, on Robertson Boulevard. And pe- I mean, there's some magnificent people and some just trash assholes. Just people walk in immediately, like throwing their arms up, like this sense of entitlement. So, I mean, I really <laughs> just got a kick out of people, though, because it's so funny to see. Yeah. It's hilarious to see. Seeing humanity in all yeah. their humanity. And my friend says, people are being so people today. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. Exactly. Exactly. Including ourselves. I will never stop saying that till the day I die, which is don't be an asshole. And except sometimes you are because we all are sometimes. Right. Just try not to be. <laughs> yeah. That's what I love. I love most about you, too, is like, you know, the ultimate compassion for all of our our frailties and our, our, uh, the parts of, of us that poke out at, you know, like, um, I'm just had this image of porcupine needles, like, (laughs) yeah, like, and it's just, I I think it's so important not to take ourselves too seriously. I think that's the biggest game changer to have a sense of humor about yourself. That's how I've, I survived with this tinnitus. I mean, the past, my husband is away right now. He's working on a film. My mom's here right now, but just Charlie and I, and we share a bed, and I don't sleep with my hearing aids in, and um, so he'll ask me stuff before we're going to bed at night or in the morning, and I don't know what he's saying, and he's getting really frustrated, and there's all this frustration on both ends. Um, You know, he's not three yet, and if I didn't have a sense of humor about it, I would just not be able to get out of bed. Right. Yeah. Speaking of your mother who's here. You talk about um, your mother and your mother, your mother's mother, your grandmother, who was um, speaking of being an asshole. Yeah. Um, and 
I had forgotten how my grandmother, my grandma was always really, really, really gentle and sweet and wonderful with me, but she was mean to my mother and I'd forgotten mm. about all that. I had these acid flashbacks during your, but I want to read this little part, which is also about your beautiful heart. Luckily, my mother had the memory somewhere inside that body. She so often left a memory of the love she had felt from her grandmother. Before we are molecules, we are memory. Every time my grandmother winced as she looked at my mother, every time she tried to unspeak her into not existing, that's in me. And talking about that, this is the part I should have opened it up a little bit, but you can you can presence us to where we are. But that thing of that that we have we we have that asshole inside of us. We have all those ugly pieces, and you imbibed. Yeah, and just the idea of, of trauma that's passed on, that's in your DNA, it's all in there. So even though my my mother was abused as a child and my grandmother was horrible and, you know, told her she wished she was never born and really terrible things. And um, I think even if my mom hadn't told me the stories, and I'm sure I haven't heard all of them, it would still be in me somewhere, you know. That's not to say that's the whole part of me, but somewhere, you know, somewhere I think our our traumas get passed down. Yep. Like on a cellular level even, right? Yes. Yeah. And then f- the follow-up to this, though, this beautiful line, how do we find light when we think we belong to darkness? So those wounds make us feel like we are the wound. We are the darkness of those wounds. I love that line. And then I'm just going to read this one too. Until I learned to look deep into the face of whatever it was. And what I found was this. It didn't kill me. I see you. I would say to my sadness. I hear you. I said to my deafness, the irony not lost on me. And my heart fell out. I just love when you talk about your heart falling out throughout the book. I just love that image. Well, I started as a poet and that's my first love. So I always will try to get in as many cheesy poetic lines <laughs> they're not cheesy they're not uh, cheesy to me oh my god they're so beautiful I, they're so bl- like little rose petals well I, I use that image a lot because I really feel like for a good portion of my life and even sometimes still it's an it's a daily battle that I feel like a walking dead person it's a, it's a tendency you know I, I don't want to give away too much of the book but a big part of it is is how I basically clenched my jaw down and shoved everything inside me, all my grief, and refused to feel. And so I was numb. And I walked around all the time thinking and saying, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. And so this idea that I didn't even have a heart. Um, And then now, being on antidepressants, which I absolutely need, but there's that same slight feeling of a little bit of a numbness and deadening and sometimes I I fantasize about being off them but I tried it a few years ago for about a year and it was like the worst so um yeah I just I like this idea of the heart being so movable and wait <laughs> I gotta put it back in it fell out again you know <laughs> I love that because yeah. we all do that I just and um it's so funny I just posted on Instagram this picture of a I just on the dog walk I looked down and there was this something in the shape of a heart and it was next to a stick so it looked like it was a little like a little you know a hobo knapsack with your heart you know like somebody had dropped their little knapsack with their heart all right and it's I didn't even put two and two together that it's your book that it's exactly your book like that's that 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 thing of the heart falling out and dropping your heart I had just read your book and it was I looked down and saw an emblem of your book like yes we we and that's what you do in your work is you help people pick up their heart. It's like, no, 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 honey, it's right here. And we hold, not not just me, but creating this space where we hold each other's hearts. Yes. Not to sound corny, but we do, you know, and especially people in deep grief or, or people that are just being weird old humans. You know, everybody has stuff. Every single person on the planet has stuff. I mean, some people have harder stuff and more traumatic stuff and sadder stuff, and but everyone has stuff. Um, your sister Rachel, who y- you should also follow her on on social media. You guys, she's a she's a health coach. Health. I did one of her things. Yeah, Rachel Pasteloff, and she, um, yeah, she has a she has two kids, and one of them has severe special needs, Prater Willie syndrome, which I'm hoping my book um, 
puts on the map you know just just it's such a rare disease disorder tell everybody what it is Prader-Willi syndrome is a is a genetic disorder where you know and I apologize if you're a Prader-Willi parent or person and I'm getting it wrong but um it's where either the it's where the 15th chromosome is either deleted or partially deleted and it manifests itself in a lot of ways it's a spectrum disorder but the main thing the worst thing is that it makes you feel like you're starving to death all the time so it's and it's not like a stomach thing it's not like oh you can get your stomach stapled it's um it's something with the hypothalamus so the signal never gets sent so they will do anything to seek out food so my sister has to padlock the refrigerator and she literally never gets a moment of rest literally because he gets up at four in the morning and every second you have to be vigilant watching and because they can eat themselves to death and die and they can eat non-food items too right yeah 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 um so it's just it's sad he's starving all the time crying for food i mean it's it's just awful and sad and horrific and unfair and I hate it. And and then on top of it, he's autistic. He has autism. Um, you know, and there's other way, There's other things that it, it manifests, like low muscle tone, and which is really dangerous. And, and you know, their bodies don't regulate tem- uh, temperature, so it, they, they can die from a fever because you don't know they have one. It's, but the hunger is the most cruel. Yeah, and... Uh, and the, and he doesn't he doesn't also recognize pain either, right? Does he not? Like, yeah, not so much. No. So oh, he same be, with the temperature. Yeah. Yeah, eating himself, if something could be hurting his stomach, and he doesn't even know. Yeah. That it's hurting no, his it's stomach. really. If I so think how do you much, ta- help to... take care of her heart? Like that's. I, I I mean I must send fifty texts a day. What can I do? How can I help? And I mean I I try to help financially when I can, but it's more what my greatest fantasy is. I'll say it out loud to the millions of listeners you have. <laughs> Um, my fantasy is to make so much money that I could move them here and then my physical person can actually help and watch him and it's hard she's in Pennsylvania so it's really hard to help people when you're far away besides a monetary you know way and and just being there with texts and like I said you're an expert texter people know that you're present you're fully present for them and I don't know you know like you just I try I mean just like it's weird in the past week I've gotten a weird amount a large amount of messages asking me for help financially and this and that and like there's a point I um I can't yeah Jen has Jen follow Jen on all of her social media and you'll see and I've given to a bunch of these because I I just always do whatever you say essentially and I think a lot I love I just do whatever you say Jennifer (laughs) You say she needs money, you know, whatever I can give. I and do. yeah, you, um, y'all listening, a dollar is helpful because it just adds up. Yeah. And some of the people that I help support, you know, this one amazing woman in Maryland, she has seizures every day, sometimes like 50 or more. And sometimes her copay for her medicine is like a dollar and she can't even get it because she has no money. You know, really inexpensive stuff, food, food products that are really, really cheap. So it's really... It's not hard. Um, and I get it. Not everyone has a dollar. But if you do, or five or ten. And there's some people. I have some beautifully generous, really wealthy friends. God bless them. You know. Yeah. Praise Jesus. You're going to be one of them one day. Uh, <laughs> Your lips to God's ear pierced ears, Bridget. <laughs> Let me drink oh my, my God, coffee. I did not know that God's ears were pierced. Because <laughs> God's a woman. And um, oh, she has oh, okay. cute pierced ears. Okay, cool. One of my favorite lines... I have so many favorite lines. I don't even know why I'm saying that's my favorite line. But um, what is that deepest truth that we are love? One of the meditations that I always recommend people do is I am love. I am loved. Yeah, I love that. I use that as a mantra quite often. Yeah. um, So uh, that that spoke to me. And of course it did because you're the superhero of love. (laughs) I mean, obviously, right. That's so obvious. But so how do you like... I'm just imagining, I haven't taken one of your workshops and Jen does these amazing, amazing, amazing workshops in the most magical places on the planet earth too. So, um, and I can't wait to do one, but, um, so when, when somebody walks in and you know that they don't know that they are love, what do you do? I'd say that's a huge bulk of the people, including myself a lot of times, you know, well, when you listen fiercely to someone and you're really just there for them and you bear witness and you don't look away and you're not trying to fix or change, you're just listening, you know, you reflect them. 
and and people go oh i'm worth it or look how they're looking at me or look how i'm affecting them or i'm moving them and you know also i don't know that we normally have the daily experience of being so seen and heard so when we are it's you feel it you go oh gosh i'm this feels amazing yeah and it's easier to believe oh okay i'm love i'm not a garbage pail i love that listening fiercely and it's really you have it down and it's like you're in, you're inspiring me to do better with that like sometimes you don't even know that you're engaging with somebody and you are trying to fix them or change them or convince them of something or whatever and you know what I mean like it's and sometimes the people want advice and that's great and sometimes it, it's there's no I don't think blanket answer for everything but I think most times we're waiting for our turn to speak. And so it's just so nice to just like give someone space just to be. Even in that, that beautiful silence, which I also don't give as much that you're reminding me about that. I think you do. Hmm. No, not really. But anyway. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about beauty hunting because I feel like I'm a beauty huntress also oh you totally resonate with that but but talk about that because it's so inspiring it is and I you know haven't been doing it as much actually the other day I was like okay I need a beauty hunt but it's um it was born because one day I was sitting in traffic on La Cienega I was getting off the freeway at La Cienega those of you that don't live in LA it's just you know an artery, a main artery of our... Exactly. Spent a stupid amount of time on freeways. And I got off... I was driving to go do a private, a yoga private, which I don't do anymore. And I got paid a lot of money. I don't remember. one fifty, two hundred dollars or something. And I was like, hang on, there's traffic. And, <laughs> you know, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing this. It was my mantra. I kept saying it. And then I was at a light and I was going to write a poem. I don't even remember what the title was but it was something like these are the five most beautiful things something about five most beautiful things and so I I was at this light and I saw this homeless girl young girl walk up with a sign she was so beautiful and then I saw this purple donut sign and then I saw this palm tree and I thought oh boom boom there's a beautiful thing there there within this like 30 second moment of being at a stoplight and then I forgot in that moment that I was whining that I was in traffic and that I was whining that I didn't feel like going to like make $150, you know, like an asshole. Um, so it really got me out of my own head and out of my own way and caused me to pay attention and see the beauty. And it was so instantaneous. What a great practice. Like when you, so the minute you find yourself getting all whiny and self-absorbed. Yeah. And it's, you know, lately I've been busy and I've been tired etc etc and I haven't been doing it as much and so it's sometimes you you really need to come back to it you know okay stop and just it's a way to cause yourself to pay attention well dude I mean like the debris you're gonna see you guys in the program notes (laughs) the the baby debris even I mean like there's there's beauty like every inch of her of her house like every inch of my six inch apartment (laughs) the, the juxtaposition of just like there is beauty everywhere and obviously you have Charlie. So you are so. focused on beauty, you know. Yeah, for it's sure. Great. And I and I but I think it's everywhere and I think it's easy to kind of um look down or look at your phone or whatever it is and not and miss a lot of what's happening in life and with other people and in nature. Yeah. No, I love that. That's it. and that's something easy that we can latch on to. Right? Yeah, and I love <laughs> I love, you know, sort of assigning it to people and, and see people do it on social media you know like like let's say you posted that picture of that half-eaten charlie pizza and then you said hey guys what are your five most beautiful things today here's one of mine and then you named you know four other things like the butterfly i saw driving the the way the wind was rustling the trees this cup of coffee i had at jen past you know and encourage other people to go what were yours and then it's what a cool inspiring conversation okay, i'm so doing that like when i leave I, i'm I doing would. it okay. the beauty huntress gauntlet has been picked up the, your book is also unbelievably funny okay Thank so you. like laugh out loud funny and i just really love the chicken pot pie collective consciousness that's weird <laughs> oh my god i was thinking about that this morning and i thought i wonder if anyone at all will like even like pay any attention i thought about it this morning because i was teaching my 7 a.m class and it felt it felt like everyone was like and like uh, like just d- asleep and like i could i literally could say like 
my hair is on fire and they wouldn't even look up, you know? <laughs> and I thought about that. I thought about, because in the lie in the book, I said how, you know, it's like this collective conscious how some days you walk in, everyone's just like grateful and happy and funny. And other days you walk in and it's like, walk. I said something like, it's like leading the walking dead through, uh, leading zombies through vinyasas or something. And this morning. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. I have it. I have it. Oh, I, I, oh my God. I have to read this because you're saying it. I don't claim to understand my chicken pot pie collective consciousness theory, but as I teach my few remaining strictly yoga classes these days, I remember that phenomenon. Some days I walk in and it's like a room full of zombies, everyone yawning, frowning, picking their split ends. It's like leading the walking dead through downward dogs. And kindness and beauty are like that too. All of a sudden, when you look up, they are everywhere. I think of those poor chicken pot pies and how no one wanted any and then everyone did and how life is like that. Moody. Because, okay, so so now, well... The backstory. Please order my book. But yes. um, the, the story behind that is, so I worked at this restaurant for 600 years and there was an item on the menu that was like our famous item. And I didn't eat meat, although in, in the past, like few years every once in a while I've had chicken soup when I'm sick but so I didn't know if the chicken pot pie was good or not but my coworkers were all like it's so gross so anyway but like nobody would order it and so we'd be in the back like why is it even on the menu and then boom boom someone on the patio would order it and then someone else and then someone else so you're like okay it's a power of suggestion but then throughout the day it would keep happening so it's not like the people that ordered it in the morning like went home and called their friends and so so it's just bizarre it's like this consciousness where all of a sudden like now the chicken pot pies are back in the zeitgeist the psyche of people and taste buds but so weird so i thought of it like a chicken pot pie collective consciousness i love it so much okay this is not stopping them from ordering your book though that i'm reading this it's not what this is not stopping them from uh, ordering your book me reading these things yeah no 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 it's not oh no because you were just saying still right no they'll (laughs) it's just it's just um, giving them a little tease, making them want it more. <laughs> yes. yes. But I do love the top of a pot pie. Like the, yeah. that. Yeah. Now I just got and like the, a hankering for that. And the, my mom used to make them when I was a little girl and the knife going into the oh, crush, yeah. crunchy and then the steam coming out. Right. Anything yes. with like that kind of puff pastry or yes. that like pie crust. Now you're making me hungry. And you I don't can. eat chicken either. But it's but that is like a cellular memory chicken pot pie from yeah. my childhood. Chicken pot pie. Um, my friend Quinn. Hi, Quinn. Um, she, her nick, one of her nicknames for me used to be Jenny Jen Popo Chicken Pot Pie. And so even now <laughs> when I call her or sometimes she just texts me and she calls me Pot Pie. Or, yeah. Oh my <laughs> Jenny God, Jen that Popo is chicken pot pie. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> All right, so I have so many things to ask you about. So, fall in lovable. Let's talk about you're fall in lovable. Aw, you really are. Honest to God. Oh, so sweet. You're so fall in lovable. Like you're first of all, how you're always on the verge of tears. I know, but that's fall in lovable. But not because she's reader listeners. Not because she's like my life is so bad. I'm crying. It's just because she's so moved by everything that she's. Well, you like, are moving. I have. So, I have almost cried like seventeen times are, since I walked in, and right you're now sitting across from me right now crying, and it's so adorably. <laughs> Awesome. You do move me. You really but you're, do. But, so because that's someone who is so uh, paying attention to life. You listen. You let things affect you. There's nothing I love more than someone who lets himself be affected by life and people and stories. I, I, I'm right fascinated by people that are like, meh. Like, how could you be meh? How could you not <laughs> just be utterly on your knees right now? You know? And and look, I'm on med, so like my tears don't come. I'm jealous, but uh, I remember. Wait, wait. I'm going to interject that at the end of Love Forward Talks, I think I was crying, probably, thinking of your. You're always crying. I know, I know. Oh my god, I was doing such. She wakes like up and, and like pours oh coffee. God. This is so beautiful. This coffee, <laughs> you know, just like. Oh my god! And there's the. Oh my god! I will never post this picture, but there is the the one of the photographers at the event took a picture of me totally ugly crying i am gonna maybe send this to you but i'm afraid you'll send it to somebody else but this me so ugly crying and you looking up at me like um oh my god because i was because you looking up at me like oh my god look at her crying i love that shit and (laughs) i'm also (laughs) for as vain as i am with my fake eyelashes i'm also like people go take a photo and they'll, they'll ask me for approval can i post whatever you want i don't give a shit post it no you look 
unbelievably cute in this picture. Thank you. I am ugly crying, and it's no, but really it does, what I'm saying is I don't. No, I got what you were saying, okay. but I also don't care. Like yeah. if someone took a picture of me like that, yeah, I'd be yeah. like, post it. Yeah. But fall, so fall in lovable is this. Um, it's really when you let yourself be utterly yourself without having your armor on or your sarcasm or your uh, snarkiness and you let yourself be affected by life and moved and fully yourself and you're just completely fall in lovable like and I will fall in love with you I will fall in love with you doesn't you, mean I want to have sex with you but I will fall in love with right. you right and you, you I think that it feels like I can't wait to go to one of your workshops but it feels like what you do at your workshops is you fall in love with every single human I there. do unless you're a real asshole I mean over the years now I've done so many there's been like three people that's that's a very small number. Should we name them uh, just real quickly? That would be amazing. I don't. Even, I mean, truthfully, I've blocked out their names, and one of them's in the book. One of them is not in the book. I think it got cut, or maybe it, it is. Where she basically stood up and made fun of me in front of everybody. Is that in the book? Um, it was like fifty people in a workshop in South Dakota, and she did not want to be vulnerable. And it's it's funny because the next. I remember. I remember when I don't know if she was making fun of you, but she was. She was picking on every. She was picking yeah. on you and everybody. Is that the one? No, no, that's a different one, right? No. So okay. I said, "There's three people." Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the three. Shh. Okay. <laughs> oh, like literally, this other person. So, the the day after this thing happened, somebody messaged me and they said something really astute, which was, "Sometimes fear is a bully," and this is what fear looked like last night. And it's true. So this person was afraid, and so she got up. And it all happened so quickly, so no one was able to jump to my defense because it was so shocking. But she got up, and she started making fun of me. She said, um, I could do what you do. I could speak in your cadence. And she started walking around and pointing at everyone and, like, mimicking me. And it was one of the worst moments of my life. I mean, now I can talk about it, and I have no – like, it's hilarious because it's it's given me – it's a story, but in the moment, um, yeah, it the blood drain out of your body. I mean the blood. Uh, yeah. And I'm, but I happen to have this gift of being able to shut down. So I was able to really disassociate. And, and so I didn't cry. I didn't, I didn't look like I have any reaction, but inside I wanted to, to die. Um, but it's like one of those anxiety dreams that you have, like going to school, you know, naked or I have them about the restaurant. It's like that. It's like, Oh, imagine, you know, giving a speech or whatever. And you're, all these people and someone gets up and starts making fun of you and then everyone's throwing tomatoes at you and that kind of thing so that's one person but yeah I do I fall in love it was Lydia the person for whom fall in lovable was born that phrase that you made up no it was really born because um if I come back to Lydia in a second if I remember correctly um I, I I was having this um feeling where I was falling in love every day and I was joking with my husband. I said, Oh my God, it's like, I fall in love every day with other people besides you. And, um, it really started happening when my workshops started morphing into what they are now. When they, when they, in the beginning they were just yoga. So when they started morphing into people sharing and I could see and hear who they really were, I was like, I love you. And it was just happening constantly. Oh no, she's definitely fallen lovable, but it, it I thought about I thought of that word maybe almost ten years ago now. I love it. It's really it's, eight years maybe. It's a great and we should all aspire to being um f- the falling well, and the fall about. Well, and everybody is, is is when you're when you're um unless you're a psychopath, but when you really just let yourself be who you are. So what I always say in my workshops is like the people I fall in love with, it's never the person that's being the snarky asshole. Never. It's like when the lips quivering and the snot's flying and the eyes are welling up or someone's really listening or talking about their dreams or what they want or what they're afraid of. Yeah, what makes your heart sing mm-hmm. or quiver, yeah. Let's talk about Lydia, though. Um, so I, I'm embarrassed. I have to, like, the next book I have to order, I have to or start reading her books because I'm so inspired. Yesterday. So let's, yeah. <laughs> so... so um, and I know she wrote the foreword to your book, but anyway, let's let's talk about a little bit about her. Lydia is incredible, Lydia Yuknovich. She's a genius, and she's she's a generous genius. Um, she's the most generous human being. She's utterly terrified of people and shy. So if she would, she would live her life in a pillow fort. But wait, in a pillow fort—that's hilarious. Can I just say that 
um, when I first, when you first turned me on to her, I went and Googled her and I found um, a TED Talk. Mm-hmm. And so, and I would and then, and then I read your book and you said she was shy and I would have never have guessed Same. it because of the TED Same, Talk. which is why I made up a story about her that she didn't like me and she was a snob and all this stuff because, you know, you read her book and she's so bold and, and, you know, there's a lot of sex and she's just big and then... So it's easy to construct this narrative of who the person is, you know, off the page. But yeah, she's really shy and um, it's a lot of work for her to be out in the world in front of people and, you know, but she's um, magic and I, we feel so lucky to have found each other and we, we lead these workshops together two or three times a year called Writing in the Body and we used to do them in California and now we do them in Portland she has this incredible writing center called Corporeal Writing. It's all these classes and online classes and, and community. And and then we're doing one in um in California again, Northern California at fourteen forty multi universe multiversity. Yeah, cool. In November. Awesome. With um Alicia Easter and me and Lydia and Lydia just brings out the the creativity in people and the softness and the dark and the light and you know she always asks this question what's uh, and what's underneath that and so she's so good at that you know um and she's she she breaks all the rules so when you're with her stuff comes up that wouldn't come up otherwise Mm. i feel like you're the same way i think she's magic you you you're a magical clearing for things that wouldn't necessarily be revealed either. It's like, oh, let's shine a light on this. Have you ever thought of shining a yeah. light? No, I've never thought of shining a light there. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. And, and the way that she listens, the way that she, she's just so generous. So, I mean, as, as a human, as a friend, but as a writing teacher and as a writer, I mean, wait till you read her writing. Her TED Talk's wonderful. It's, um, it's about being a misfit. I forget the exact name, the art of being it's not the art of being a misfit but google ted misfit lydia yuknovich but her memoir the chronology of water and then two novels are amazing the small backs of children and the book of joan and then her first novel was called dora a head case and she has more books coming out but she's just um so gifted it's cool that your book inspires us to go and read her too um i hope absolutely yeah um and give yourself a fucking medal because no one else is gonna (laughs) (laughs) so great i love it so much and i love i mean you have to read you have to there's this is a whole section of the book give yourself a fucking medal and um and it's and it's so great how you how you set this up but um tell us a little bit about that and inspire so that's another thing that we should inspire the superheroes of love to do go do i won't give it all away but Basically, I've spent my entire life and sometimes still waiting for someone to save me, rescue me, discover me, give me permission. And through a painful event where basically someone rejected me and I felt like shit, I it dawned on me that no one was going to give me a fucking medal, that I was waiting my whole life for that. Um, and I, I call it an epiphany because my friend Elise Ballard wrote a book called Epiphany and she just drilled that word into my head, always asking me, what's your epiphany? So um, I would pondering that question a lot but that really was it I thought oh my god I have been waiting my whole life for someone to give me a medal and it's just never going to happen and so I woke up I mean this had to be five years ago now and I started to give one to myself but I catch myself some days you know it's programming a lot of it but I catch myself it's laziness it's programming it's it's a lot of stuff it's fear but waiting for someone to you know it's like so much of my time is spent waiting 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 and I think it's also, I know it's also a really important message for younger folk um, because, you know, when you're in school, you will get medals, you'll get good report cards and grades and what have you. And then in the real world, you don't, you no one's going to give you a medal for being a a good good mom or for getting out of bed or for continuing to take your medication or for brushing your teeth today or for, you know, dating again after you've had your heart broken. It's not going to happen. Having said that, I say this all the time, my spiel. And then in January, um, 
<laughs> this adorable woman was in my workshop and she's like, true, no one's going to give you a medal, but I did win three gold medals in the Olympics. <laughs> we're going to do a workshop together. Oh my God, that's fantastic. I know. And I think we're going to call it Give Yourself a Fucking Medal. I think that that is, that is so empowering. That's such a superhero thing, right? Is oh, yeah. Because you're giving yourself your own power. You're not, you're not reaching outside yourself for that power. That's beautiful. I love it. Nice to follow her. Her name is Tiana on Instagram. Tiana. Tiana Bartoletta. And where did she win the gold medals in? That's funny. I said, uh, I, I said, I wanted her to come to my friend's retreat. And I said, like, you can, because she's training. I said, you could run there. She's like, girl, my, my medal isn't in running. It's high jump or I'm totally getting it wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Now she's going to listen to this and be like, you are an asshole. Something that I could so never something, do. Something track and fieldish. I mean, I'm showing Bridger her oh Instagram. Oh my God. Yeah, she's a badass. She's not sprinting? Is she sprinting? She looks like she's about to sprint. Oh, this is so cool. So it's Tiana Bartoletta. Like, in France. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. But that was one of my favorite things is I'm always like, no one's going to give you a medal. And then she's like, well, actually, I won three gold medals. <laughs> She wrote me a beautiful testimonial about the workshop. Yeah, I posted it. It was so oh, cool. God. I've never had an Olympiad, you know? Give yourself a fucking medal. Okay, so everybody, we have so many to-dos. Give yourself a fucking medal. Um, oh, oh, here's another to-do that I want to give us. Um, oh, watching for beauty. Um, be, being a, be a beauty hunter. Mm-hmm. And then um, human thank you. Can we talk oh, yeah, about that? Oh, yeah, be a human thank you. It's just an expression I came up with as a way to remind myself to be that in the world, to be, to embody gratitude and, and not be an asshole to be, you know, in a constant state of thank you. Even when things feel like they're hard or your apartment is one bedroom and you're, you know, frustrated or whatever it is to constantly be appreciative and grateful. And so it's like the idea that I'm, personification of a thank you yeah and you are you definitely are thank you (laughs) thank you thank you um okay so um all right so everybody i'm gonna leave the wait hold on i may so so this is i'm gonna edit this out when i'm saying this bullshit right now but um have i you don't feel like I've been giving too much away from the book, do you, oh. by going through these concepts? Okay, good. I just I wanted to make sure that you weren't um, hesitant to say anything. I was going to go into a spiritual bypassing, but we don't have to. Do you feel like you want to? We can. Okay. Whatever you want to ask. Okay. Um, we'll just go, you know, it's like we're at like 45 minutes now, so we'll, we can go another like 10 minutes. Um, if you're cool with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, Okay, so another um, concept that I love in your book is spiritual bypassing, which I had never heard of before. Really? So, okay, yeah, I did I'm not like invent in the dark. it, listeners. Did not invent that, so don't okay. quote it as mine. I wish, but I did not but invent that. But I'm just that. adult, yeah. and I hadn't yeah. heard of it. <laughs> so, but, uh, so maybe every single listener has heard of it, but I had not heard of it, so I, I'm... I'm um, going to read. That surprises me. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, it's, you know what you know what it is. Maybe you just had never heard that. Yeah, and I love that like expression. I also, I, I just love it because I was like heart bypass surgery, right? Spiritual bypassing, yeah. heart bypass surgery, and there is some heart stuff. There is some physical heart stuff in Jen's book, and then there is a lot of heart yeah. heart stuff. And um, my dad, when he went to get um, surgery on his lungs, they. F- they were doing, you know, they test your heart before you go into surgery and they test it and they, they were like, oh, wait, we have to wait another day because we found something. And wh- his heart had done its own heart bypass surgery. Like he had had a heart attack what? and it did its own uh, bypass. Yeah. That's amazing. The human body is so amazing. I know. Right. And so, and that miracle made it like all of that was coming back to me when, when I was reading this part about spiritual bypassing. So anyway, it's, um, I'm going to read this a little bit. I kept hearing about a concept called spiritual bypassing. What I took it to mean was that people thought because they did yoga or meditated or simply thought of themselves as spiritual, that they got a bypass what they were really feeling. I do not want to do that. I did not want to do that anymore. I may not have been spiritually bypassing, but I had been bypassing one or another, one way or another my whole life. Yeah. And I think we all have. So, so 
when my father died, I was eight and I didn't know how to process it or feel or to forgive myself for saying I hate you to him right before he died and was the last thing I said to him and um so I just shut down I physically and mentally shut down to the point where I just said I don't care and I didn't cry I felt nothing and I just chanted to myself I am strong all the time and then I did it with food I did it with over exercising with starvation I've done it with booze I mean I've just anything sleep just anything to not have to be in my body which is why I do these workshops especially with Lydia called writing and the body to 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 stop doing that to really just be here and it's hard (laughs) but it's possible yeah and I think but we all bypass it's kind of like like my dad's vein or artery or whatever it was that you know it's just like I can't take this but I'm gonna I'm going to do this, you know, like we all do that like yeah. all day long. Right. I, 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 I can't do that. I'm going to bypass. I think that's a very common thing in meditating communities. And I'm not so entrenched in the yoga community, but I'm entrenched in, you know, I've been entrenched over my life in meditation communities. And it is, it's like when you're not dealing with the subconscious debris that's underneath you're just up here. You think that you're going deep, but it's like, well, there's this whole world in your subconscious that's happening that you're not attending to. That's what, I mean, it made me think, made me take a little bit of ownership of my own thing, but it's, it's easy to think, Oh no, I'm good. I'm meditating. I'm up. Yeah. I I think about, I mean, it, it, you know, I don't think there's any one way or, or one thing it means, but a lot of times I remember years ago when I was just starting teaching yoga, but, but, you know, or it's like this idea is this, be positive. It makes me want to punch someone in the face. Right. Be positive. Yeah. I, I stay away from those terms. I don't, I, I don't know if I ever say negative or positive, you know, I want to tell the truth be positive. So it's this idea like just be positive and. So for me, the bypassing was like, yeah, be strong, be strong, be strong. Instead of never feeling any of the feelings, the deep, deep sadness or the deep grief or the fear or whatever it was, I just masked it. Um, and then I remember when I was just trying to teach yoga, people were like, you know, this, be positive and don't be angry, do yoga. It's, no, you could be angry. Bullshit. Right. Yeah. What is that? Because you do yoga, you're not going to be angry. Yeah. Yeah. Or not have. It's toxic pretending that those negative things are not going on exactly. pretending that these subconscious drivers aren't there i had yeah, some... i mean if you marinate in it and, and you live your life in that state all the time now that's unhealthy but that's not the truth either pardon that's not the truth either it's just staying in the anger is not your truth either right it's like not mine no but, but i mean most people's it's you know what i mean it's like a it's just a rut it's an accidental i'm in this groove right you know what i mean it's like who am I? It's it's not stopping to say who am I. I'm not my anger. Right. My anger has a hold of me. Exactly. Yeah. You were just talking about your dad and if you know of anybody that is going through grief right now or if you have never I love how you say metabolized your grief. Um this is a great book for you. This Jen's book is great for you and it's a great gift for anybody that's dealing with grief that hasn't been metabolized and I just want to read this little piece about that grief metabolizing because I love it so much. Sure. The things that shape us are where the beauty resides. And if you let your grief metabolize, you can turn it into art or creativity or simply an offering of compassion for another. I was finally feeling what I didn't allow myself to feel for my father decades earlier and I just wanted to kind of bring us to a close with that sentence because you are creating art you are so supremely creative with how you live in the world how you express yourself in the world and you are the most incredible offering of compassion for others and I just want to say this book to the listener is such an inspiration inspiration to be that in the world as well so thank you for and and I don't want anyone to think that everyone you know has to be an artist it's like oh turn your pain into art what I mean by that is turn it into something it creates something maybe it's a cup of coffee maybe it's just your your listening but it's um transform it into something so that you're not just laying in bed wanting to die (laughs) right transforming it metabolize it 
so that you can then create something new. Exactly. Right? Like, let those calories, let the calories of the grief (laughs) (laughs) propel you forward into something else, a different expression. So cool. Uh, All right. So, Jen, thank you so much for coming. Hello. Thank you for letting me come to your house. Coming. Well, yeah. (laughs) You came to me, but you are. Thank you for coming to my apartment. Well, my son is in school in our little window of time. I know. It's a beautiful little window of time. And everybody go and read the book, but also workshops. So everything, jenniferpasteloff.com. Yeah, jenniferpasteloff.com. And I'm, I have so many things coming up. I have, I'm not sure when this will air, but. Next week. Great. So I have a retreat to France the last week of May. If anyone at the very last minute has a bug up their ass and wants to come. May 25th to June 1st. I have a workshop in London for all you UK folks. June 2nd. June 4th, the book comes out. And Los Angeles is the official launch because that's where I live. And I'll Skylight be at the books. launch. So Skylight Books, launch. Los Angeles with Lydia Yurknovich. And then June 7th at Powell's, also with Lydia Yurknovich. I'm so honored and I am so lucky and grateful um and then june 10th new york at the center for fiction with a special guest that i will announce soon and um june 12th charleston south carolina with katherine budig and kate Fagan. this summer i'll be at kripalu in the berkshires which i love july 19th to 21 which as we're Sitting here, I realized I owe them a contract. It's on the way. <laughs> I'm the worst. Um, and then I have a retreat to Italy, September 21st for a week. Yeah, and Lydia and I, like I said, we do our stuff together, writing in the body. But I do local workshops that are three hours in different cities. I do weekend workshops, and then I do the big one for a week in Italy or France. I used to do them all over, Bali, Galapagos, and now I've just... Those are my jams. Beautiful jams. Basically for the food. I go to Italy for the food and the wine. And I love it. (laughs) And the beauty hunting. It's easy to beauty hunt when you're in Italy and France. So would love to have you. The only prerequisite is um, don't be an asshole. Be a human (laughs) being and don't be an asshole. That's it. You know, no yoga experience required. No writing experience required. But just be, be a human being have an open heart sense of humor don't be an asshole it's a dream yeah so there's a lot coming up and i'm really grateful to be able to sit here and have coffee that i made too strong but oh i loved it yes. oh my god it was the perfect strong for me thank you for the coffee thank You're you so for welcome. the chatting thank you for inviting me into your home and um everybody really go go you'll be so inspired by her love Thanks. forward thank talk. you and it's- you know before i um wrote this book and and Bridget knows you know her book came out in January it was a January yeah January January 3rd no first first um but that was my book signing was January 3rd okay nice at, memory at um Romans, Romans. pre-orders matter so much I had yes. no idea oh I had gosh. no idea before I was an author yes um but they do they're everything so a lot of people you know, don't get that. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or your local indie bookstore or indie bound. Um, today, someone messaged me and they said, I, I pre-ordered your book from Diesel Bookstore. It's over here in Brentwood. Oh, and, cool. But pre-orders really matter. It's how the publisher knows how many um, copies to print and, and you know, how much they're going to sort of pay attention to it. And I mean, it's, it's truly everything. So I'm deeply appreciative of, of you who have pre-ordered. Yes. I I pre-ordered immediately. Yeah, I did pre-order too. I ordered two copies and I gave them as gifts. Thank you so much. Beautiful book. I did too. And I'm going to order a million. I mean, I'm going to buy more, obviously. I want you to order 30. Yeah. Can everybody order 30 that's hearing this? Okay, good. Books are expensive, dude. I mean, and I did the audio book. And I was really sick. I had lost my voice. So it took three days. So the first two days, I sound like so hot and sexy and just not like myself. It's so weird. I, I so t- wait two like so two thirds of the book like, is sexy and voice. then a third is a different voice kind of because I I mean I was really sick I, I probably in hindsight should have canceled and said like but I kept thinking my voice would come back has never happened before yeah what are the odds only me right. and so um you know and then every other sentence I'd have to turn to the side and cough so God bless the person editing they're gonna have so much work to do because I really was like choking every other sentence you know for 
300 and something pages. But my voice, of course, it sound, I love the way it sounded. It was just so, but it didn't, you know, when I hear the playback, I was like, who is, oh my God, oh my God. But it's, yeah, whatever, we'll see. But it's me. So if you want to do audiobook, you can do that. Oh my God, now I have to do the audiobook. Actually, I really want to do the audiobook. I really want to hear you read it. Oh my God. And some days, like the first day, I didn't realize I was nervous. Because then by day two and three, I was like, this is old hat. But the first day, man, I was, I could tell the difference. But I'm sure no, God, I hope no one listening could tell. No. But it's a wild experience. That is so cool. I was telling Jed before we started that I really wanted to read my own damn book. I can't believe I wasn't you didn't. allowed to. Bummer. Yeah. yeah. No, but I'm so excited that you did. I'm totally getting it. Have I you listened so to addicted. yours yet? No, I haven't because that's a little too scary. You're right. And um, so I've been some, doing some bypassing yeah, with like, that what one. If that's, that, ooh, that's not how I would have said it. Yeah, you exactly. Know? So, well, I don't know if that's bypassing. I think, okay, here's an example. We could leave it on this. So in the book, I talk ad nauseum about how... I had a severe eating disorder and um, one of the things now is I haven't been on a scale in like 20 years, maybe once, you know, that I I looked. So I I do get on it. I had to have a physical last week, but I turn around and when I was pregnant, I turned around. I'm getting, having a physical tomorrow. I'm turning around. Thank you so much for that. I just don't want to know. And so I made a meme the other day and I said, you can call it denial. I call it self-care. So I'm not sure what it is. Like for me, I know that I I would see if I saw a certain number, it just, I'd rather not. I know I look good. I feel good. I'm like, uh, my butt looks cute. I don't need to know a number. So Your butt is super cute. Maybe I'll post a picture of your butt. Okay. I have, yeah. I mean, like, there, I like, I like my butt. You have a great butt. Yeah. I mean, I, I my belly, I get mad at a lot. And, but you have like, a really great belly, too. too. I don't I even understand. Butt. And I've been Her, working with a trainer. She, a, she doesn't have a belly. She has a flat stomach. Oh, girl. Take a photo. Dude, it <laughs> is not. Oh, my God. You don't even know bellies. It's so, but you we know what? Have a competition. It's fine. It'd be really fun. And it had a person growing inside of it, and um. So say that sentence again. Um, denial. Say say that. Sentence. Well, I said, is it? Den- I forget how I worded it in the meme. I said, is um, denial or self care? Yeah. I call it self care. So the reason I mentioned it is because when you were saying the bypassing, I don't think you're not listening to your audiobook is I wouldn't call that bypassing. That's okay. It's kind of self care because what if you listen to it and you're like, wow, her tone is not at all what I would have done, and then you send yourself into this. Ter- it's like why even listen to it? Think, it's done. Yep. The book's out there. Yeah. If you don't want to listen to it, don't listen to it. Yeah. Okay. Thank just you. like reading the comments I will not read any comments don't send me any reviews don't send me Amazon shit bad especially one star reviews I don't want to oh my god I went through you're not going to have this issue because you have so many pre-sales and and you have such a following but I am like a, you know a nobody so, no, <laughs> so you know what I, day... not, I didn't even write on Amazon for you yet see I'm the worst like oh. <laughs> we need to do that for each other yes I yes forgot. yes Oh, yeah. Well, I just finished it, but I will read it. I will. Yes, I'll write my review. No, you can't yet because my book is not out yet. You can't do it until it goes on sale. All right. So the first day I will. Okay. So anyway, but the ranking. Okay. So I became, because my ranking was good the first day, but it wasn't great. And I thought, oh, it'll just get better and better. And it got better and better and better and better. And then what does ranking even mean? You see? Yeah. Like there's 30 something million books on Amazon and there's ranking like. Oh, like how many, the best seller or whatever. Don't worry. Your ranking is unbelievable. And it has been for months. It's, it's your rank. Seriously, because you, you, because people are consistently buying. Trust me, there will be one star reviews. There will be people that will say like this navel gazing, self obsessed, wah, wah. This she who does she think she is? Oh, she's not really deaf. She wasn't. Bo- I mean, you, there'll be everything on there, and I just don't. Why? Why? Right, to me, right, that's right. self care. Right. Good. I will. I will obsess on it. I will feel bad. So what? And it's not like feedback. It's not like I can go and like change the book. It's done. Right. So, <laughs> nope. Nope. Right. It's not feedback. Yes. That's just knife in the heart. Yeah. I just don't see the point. I mean, I that's I good. told my team not to send me reviews. They've sent me a couple three like one bookless Kirkus and publishers weekly and they were all they were all good but I said you know if there's and you don't unless I need to see it don't send it to me and these I did because they're gonna like put them on press releases and I'm, I'm worried also people can be weird and they'll like tag me especially if like a hater you know is like ta- and then you can't avoid seeing it but what are you gonna do put yourself out there this is what's gonna happen so you know stay yeah. connected to the love and the fact that I made a thing, you made a thing, 
made our, our allowed ourselves to be vulnerable and there's till the end of time always going to be someone that doesn't like us or who who we perceive as not liking us but i hope you like me <laughs> <laughs> but all the listeners would love you because you are a superhero of love thank you. all right thank you thank you thank, thank you. you love, love you, you love you love you that was jennifer pasteloff find her at jenniferpasteloff.com go now and pre-order her book everybody it's called on being human a memoir of waking up living real and listening hard and if you like this podcast please go rate and review us so that other superheroes will come into the fold the more superheroes the better right and jen one of the greatest superheroes of love ever we bow to you